0: Hello, and welcome to Budgeting Redefined Social Distancing Edition. <laughs> <laughs> it is, actually. Yeah. I'm Drew. Drew Adams. I'm Dan C. Toller. We are, to timestamp this for a second, it's March 26th, 2020. We are in the middle of the COVID-19 outbreak in the U.S. So we're going to have some lighthearted talk just sort of about the impact this has had on our personal spending and family lives But just want to take a second to acknowledge and people are going, there's some lots of layoffs going on out there. Many businesses have been forced to shut down or reduce or change their operations. So our hearts go out to those people and maybe even people have been personally affected by the medical issues with COVID-19. So before we begin talking, just want to say, you know, our hearts go out to anybody who's been personally affected financially or medically about this. And uh, we're wishing the best for, for you and for all of us. But with that being said, Dan, what's it been like for you going through COVID-19?
1: Yeah, it's such a, an interesting time socially. I think a lot of people, if not everybody, just wasn't really expecting this. Living out here in North Carolina, we've had a lot of snow days and other inclement weather where you know, there's possibly a hurricane or some kind of natural disaster that could happen or we're concerned about. So schools will get closed, the kids are staying home, I'm working remote, the stores close down, right? And I found myself kind of being in that same mentality in approaching COVID-19 and and the effect it has on our society. And so I've been buying a lot of food, you know, and wondering like if we're not gonna have food or something. In fact, I went to Costco a couple weeks ago when it was first starting to get serious and everybody was kind of going remote and starting to close things down. And I bought five cases of water to like get prepared for this. Uh huh. And then I got home and I realized like, <laughs> I still have filtered water coming out of my fridge. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm going to keep drinking filtered water and not have water bottles. Like, so th- that's just one example of how this is such an interesting challenge it's it's kind of odd
0: socially in a lot of ways right they've said that i had i went through the same process and funnel and interestingly my wife was doing some cleaning out and we had from the time before where there actually was a water problem i don't know if you remember this but there was a water problem where lead was getting in the water or something like this and they or they it was some chemical was getting in the water that would have made the pipes leach lead and so they were like listen you need to get some water from the store and no longer use the water from the pipes, right? Do you remember this? I don't remember that. Was that like in the last couple of years or? It was in the last couple of years. I yeah, I think. Maybe it's maybe it was more than 2 years ago. Maybe that's why. Yeah. Yeah, time passes fast. So I'm not yeah. sure if you were in, <laughs> you were in Orange County or whatever, but the point is is we had leftover gallons of water in our storage area and I was just like, you know, throw it out. Just throw out the, I know it's bad, but like, what are we going to do with eight gallons of water? Or we could have just, you know, probably better just given it to the local pantry or something, right? Uh It's just gallons of water and kind of in the way. And then this comes around and I'm like, oh, maybe we shouldn't have thrown away that water. (laughs) But then you're like, no, what this, this virus doesn't affect water. Like, is it going to get in the water? (laughs) No, it doesn't get in the water. But then you start to think weirdly about where the virus could be on that you, that you touch every day right? So one of the activities I was hoping to do with the kids is going disc golfing, you know? So you do things like, you know, we, we didn't have disc golf Frisbees, but our neighbor who's an avid disc golfer has some, so we borrow his Frisbees, but do we wipe them down, you know, before we (laughs) go, you're supposed to treat everybody like they have this thing, right? right? So, okay, I guess we wipe them down. I don't know. And then you're like, then it's weird. It's like, well, these Frisbees touch the Frisbee goal, which, and if you haven't ever played disc golf, a Frisbee goal is like a basket that's metal and you throw the Frisbee into the metal basket. Essentially, that's the goal. Have you ever played Frisbee golf? Yeah, yeah, I've played. Yeah. And so you're where it's like, well, is the virus? Could the virus be from somebody's Frisbee who sneezed on it and like left some, I don't know, germs on the goal? Like how right. crazy do we need to get about like being mindful of this stuff? And it's like, I never thought I'd have to think about that, you know? Yeah.
1: So, Drew mentioned that we're on the social distancing version of this podcast, which is the first recording we've done since we've been directed to stay in our homes. So, Drew's at his house, I'm at my house. And in preparation for this recording, Drew purchased a new microphone and brought it to my house, which was kind of a funny experience because, you know, usually when we see each other, there's a little more physical interaction. But this time (laughs) it was like a, a drop off, it was like a drop and run. Right, and I stopped him on before he got in the car and talked to him from about twelve feet away. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> well, it was funny because even going to Best Buy, like this was before we were on the. You have to be in the house before, except for non-essential things. Yeah. So, like right now, I don't think I today. I don't think I could go to Best Buy and buy mm-hmm. this microphone. I I'm not sure if that that's not essential, right? So I think
1: it's not. Yeah.
0: So this was five days ago. So we were not under that order but the uk had just gone under that order for the entire country so as i'm driving to pick up go to best buy and not walk in the store but they're going to come and hand me my order at my car through like uh i forget what they call it but it's basically we'll say touchless delivery or something but basically they come out and just give you your your bag and put it in the car i'm thinking am i being selfish by going to best buy you know am i being selfish by going to exposing people to something or somehow contributing just by picking this up or something and i was like this is a really weird conundrum to be in
1: yeah it is hard to say right it's it's just as it evolves i think things change every day so we just kind of got to follow the direction we're given and do our best
0: yeah and then they're like have you seen the warnings about you need to how to the packaging that comes to your house how you have to wipe it down or how to properly accept packaging from mm-hmm. people who bring it to you? Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what they say but I'm assuming you wipe it down with a <laughs> with a Clorox wipe or something like if you have them. Yeah. Yeah. Is that true?
1: Yeah, I think so. We we have somebody that I work with that like was well informed about it. So, yeah, he he kind of gave the whole spiel about you wipe it down if you can. If it's in like cardboard, you can't really sanitize that. So you just take it off outside. You can wear gloves if you know you're serious about it. Take it out of the cardboard. Dispose of the cardboard. Bring wow. in the product. Wipe the product down. Yeah. I mean, I mean it is kind of crazy. I asked Drew when he was dropping off the mic if he was wearing his hazmat suit. <laughs> because it sort of feels like everybody's got to stay in their their little bubble.
0: Yeah. Also, I have a story about going to get uh, something to eat. <laughs> I don't. Know. You be the judge of whether it's funny or not. <laughs> but so we end up going to Five Guys Burgers and Fries after that same after the disc golfing. We just like to do takeout. So we order through the. I'm in the parking lot calling into Five Guys Burgers and Fries to order some food, and so the order kind of gets messed up. But the funny thing was when we went inside everyone is keeping their social distance, right? So there's like one person's over here and one person's over there. And you're not sure even like how close you're supposed to get to the person like taking the money and with the credit card and all that. So it's kind of like a high tense situation. And you have these weird thoughts. Like there's a guy who's picking up his food over there. And I know that my food is kind of near his food but he's a little too close to my food. You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Why would you even think something like that? Just don't sneeze in my bag, man, whatever you're (laughs) doing. Like, so it's a real tense situation. But the crazy thing was, and the guy is in the restaurant with a gun on his hip. Like just, I, it's legal. I'm assuming Mm -hmm. it's just legal. It's just there. Everybody can see it. And I was like, nobody sneeze on that guy because (laughs) he is very serious. (laughs) (laughs) just hanging out like a big gun. I was like, wow,
1: that's intense. Mm -hmm. So you got to tell the part about the weight and everything, right?
0: Yeah. Well, the, the order. Yeah. Just like, yeah. So we were in the car and I called in the order and it, it was not going so well, but we we got through it. All the different options and things. There was clearly some misunderstanding going on, but we got through it. Did you were you ordering
1: over the phone or through their regular drive through? Oh,
0: this this particular five guys did not have a drive through, so I was ordering over the phone in the parking lot. Gotcha. So she was like, "Yeah, it, it'll be ready in about ten minutes." I was like, "Perfect." So I stayed in the car with my kids, and we sort of just had fun together. And it, it was we were having so much fun. We actually. It was 15 minutes later, so it was Mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, I can go in and get the food now. This is great, and hopefully it's not cold, and so I go in, and I open the door, and they're like, who are you, and I'm like, I'm Drew, and they're like, you can start the order for Drew now, you know, and I'm like, (laughs) geez, so, okay, I guess we'll wait here for 10 more minutes, you know, but here's the thing. By the way, if you ever go to Five Guys Burgers and Fries, I was trying to order for, my wife, I feel like she didn't want a heavy burger. So I was like, maybe she wants a veggie burger. So I, I was like, can I get a veggie burger? And she goes, uh, yeah, what would you, what would you like on it? And I say, she likes, you know, all, you know, lettuce and tomato and onions and that'll, that'll be good. And she goes, Oh, she goes, okay. So we place the order we get the order. We put it in the car. We bring it home. We're all like eating. We've got the fries and everything's going on. And then I give my wife her veggie burger and she opens it up, and it is two slices of bread and some onions and lettuce and tomato. And that's it. Like, there's no burger part of the burger. And then I was like, what? Did they forget the veggie burger? So then I go and I look at their menu online, and it's not called a veggie burger. It's called a veggie sandwich. They sell you a veggie sandwich of just, oh like, my gosh. burger toppings. <laughs> I was like, is they serious? This is like a practical joke. Like who would come and just order the (laughs) toppings in between two pieces of bread and call it a veggie sandwich? And I we definitely said burger on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. I I was like, this is what this is the prank that they play on people (laughs) who come to five guys' burgers and fries and expect vegetables.
1: (laughs) Well, you're you're probably talking to a teenager, right?
0: Yeah. She seemed young. Or yeah, younger, I guess, working at
1: working fast food. And so I could see that. Somebody just being like, He wants the veggie, veggie burger. We're giving him the veggie sandwich and we're moving <laughs> on. <laughs> this is what you get, Drew.
0: I felt bad for her because, you know, of someone who was at risk with him, you know, being connected with the public, I mean, she was talking to everybody, who was taking their money and and she was kinda of maybe new. I don't know. But there she was working it. She was doing her best.
1: Yeah, I've been getting these emails from Chipotle about their response to COVID-19 and and how they're adapting. And their most recent one, a lot of them obviously are about ordering takeout and having food delivered and all of that sort of part of the experience. But their most recent one was about their recognition of the efforts of their employees and how they, they raised everybody a dollar an hour for like the next 30 days or something while this is going on. So yeah, I think there's a lot of people who are Putting in a lot of extra work to help our country function, particularly in the healthcare, but also, you know, restaurant and and food services and all the things that just have to continue to function for us to live. We just need those services to be happening.
0: I wanted to hear about your um, funny story again about money and buying something with your neighbors.
1: Yeah, this I had this experience. This was like a week and a half ago that I was just thinking about this podcast the whole time because it touches so many facets of spending money and making decisions and having other people involved and risk, and so I'm gonna try to tell the story as best I can. You, can. you can jump in as needed. So we live in a community that's got an HOA, And our backyard, along with several of our neighbors, has a berm that's covered in pine needles and it's pretty significant area. And the past couple of years, the HOA has paid to have new pine needles come and laid out across the berm. And I didn't I actually didn't know this was a thing. When they when we moved in, I thought the pine needles that they had put there were kind of it. But I've since learned that pine needles are like mulch where you've got to swap it out every year or two years to keep it looking like fresh and alive otherwise the pine needles just like turn gray and die and then the
0: the dirt starts coming through underneath right this is me looking up the word berm like, what is
1: that <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the definition <laughs> a flat
0: strip <laughs> a flat strip of land raised bank or terrace Bordering a river or canal.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, we don't have a river, so maybe it's just a hill. (laughs) (laughs) It's a berm. We have a hill in our backyard.
0: A path or grass strip beside a road or an artificial ridge or embankment.
1: Well, yeah, it is sort of an artificial embankment. I mean, we have a retaining wall at the bottom. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with it. Berm. Berm. (laughs) We have a berm. It's a large berm. (laughs) So, We are trying to think about what to do with adding pine needles to our backyard. And one of our neighbors who uh, is a retired couple came to us and said, hey, we're thinking about getting these pine needles put in. And there's a landscaper that we've talked to that's willing to do it for, I think it was about $375 for their backyard. And their backyard is about the same as ours. So that includes all the pine needles and the labor." to lamb it's like the whole kit and caboodle 375
0: just their yard though
1: just their yard yeah so we talked to them and they said it'd be about the same maybe a little bit less expensive because i think we had slightly less area but it was about the same and that was that so we're talking to our neighbor and they're like me we're thinking about getting the pine needles ourselves they have this uh discount at lowe's and buying them in bulk and then Seeing if we could hire somebody just to do the labor part or do it ourselves or whatever. And so my wife starts talking to them and says, hey, we know some teenagers in our neighborhood that would probably be willing to come lay some pine needles. Right. And I kind of tend to overthink things, but I'm I'm already like getting anxious about this potential situation of working with the neighbors because there are so many risks that get introduced when all of a sudden your neighbors buying pine needles And you're working with teenagers to spread them, right? Like, how many pine needles are you gonna get? Like, you're estimating the number of bales that we're gonna need based off of what the landscape contractor said. And you're basing that on the price that you get at Lowe's. But what if the bales you get at Lowe's are not the same size as the one the landscape people get? So then our pricing's all off. And there's just so many things. Right. And then how do you measure like how many bells you have in your yard versus our yard? And are we counting those and like this whole dynamic? So I'm like kind of getting anxious, but also I just try to go along with it because my wife's much more like flexible and social and like, okay, yeah, let's do this. We can save money like it's great. So I'm just trying to roll with that. So we do end up going for it. And in fact, our neighbor on the other side and their neighbor on the other side also want to do it. So that, so now we've got four neighbors
0: going in on this. So if they each, that would be $1,200 if they each contracted with the landscaper.
1: Yeah. Or I guess if it's 350 or something, yeah, even a little bit more.
0: Oh, was it 350 Okay.
1: Yeah. So 350 So yeah, maybe f- even 1400 or something. So it seems reasonable that maybe we could do it for cheaper. So we talked to these teenagers in our neighborhood and we told them we'd pay them $75 per yard to lay these pine needles. So that's like $300 for these four yards, right? And it's it's one teenager in particular, and we tell them you can get as many or as few of your friends as you want, but you just got to split the total money, $300 between whoever comes, right? Okay, so, so we're good. So while I'm communicating with my neighbor on my far side, I'm like, hey, you're probably going to need like 40 bales. Of pine needles i would guess and and we'll coordinate with the teenagers to come lay them um, and get it all squared away and he's like that's fine and he came over that night and paid me cash for the labor and the pine needles and that made me nervous because i was like ah i was just guessing 40 bales but like we may need 60 bales i don't know exactly right i don't yeah. know i haven't really like figured that out and he's right. already paid. And now it's like, am I going to have to ask him for more money? Right. So now I'm caught in the middle of this.
0: Do You have to give him notice. Does he have to accept?
1: Right. Yeah. Exactly. If, if, do we, f- if he doesn't want to do that, then what? it's Would like, I it's stop? like you're the
0: contractor yourself now at this point. Right,
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: This episode is brought to you by weekly, our app that helps you stick to a budget. It's in the Apple iOS app store. You can also find us at weeklybudgeting.com. We have a completely different take on budgeting. The traditional method is to operate on a month, to put everything into categories, and subtract the money out of categories. But this ends in frustration for lots of people because they get halfway through the month. They may have overspent or underspent a category. They're not sure where to grab the money from. Oh, by the way, does this sound familiar? Hey, honey, where's the target receipt? I'm trying to figure out if that is a household expense or a food expense. It's just a disaster. So then you end up at the end of the month, you're not sure what happened and you just give up. So we've come up with a different way, which is to operate on a weekly basis. We take your recurring income, your recurring expenses, we subtract your expenses from your income, and then we come up with what you can safely spend for a week. Then we keep you in touch with that number, downloading your transactions from the bank so that you can always know what is safe to spend. This alleviates the guilt of spending and lets you spend with more joy. So, we hope you give the app a try. Um, You can go to weeklybudgeting.com, click on the icon, go to the App Store. You can also search in the App Store for weekly budget or weekly budgeting. Right now, we're at the top of the organic rankings for that. And give it a try, let us know what you think, and welcome to the podcast, and welcome to the weekly community.
1: So fortunately, our, our neighbors that this retired couple uh, were willing to go pick up the bales and bring them to our house. So they did all this back and forth work of actually taking their sequoia, driving over, picking up the bales and then dropping them off and kind of putting them in a, in a pile in the backyard. So that was like really great that they that they pitched in and did, did that work. So the day comes to lay the pine needles and the teenagers show up and they're awesome. I love them. They got a good attitude. They're excited to do the work. And they didn't have any kind of equipment. (laughs) So like no gloves, short sleeve shirts, shorts. And it was a nice day, but you know, you're laying pine needles and those things are like pokey and you know, I don't know, it's fine, but they just came how they came. So we got them suited up with some gloves and some water and kind of laid it out for them and said, Hey, you got to lay these pine needles, but you need to keep track of how many bales you use for each yard. So you may want to just lay them out. Count how many bales there are, so that we're we're square, right? We know how much each person needs to pay for based on how many bales they use. So, kind of long how story. Is bail? How much is a bale? Yeah, they don't weigh that much because they're pine needles, but they're probably like three feet by a foot and a half by a foot and a half. Oh, how much do they cost? Yeah, I think they were three dollars. Three dollars a bale.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah,
1: three dollars a bale. So for like uh, forty bales that'd be like $120 plus the 75. So you're saving like 150 bucks from using the contractor, right? Mm -hmm. So long story short, you know, I kind of am am given a little bit of guidance. I think they could probably do these four yards in four hours and they came at one o'clock. So I was thinking by dinner time, they'd probably be wrapping up. But I'm working, right? I'm working remote. I'm at my house trying to get things done and they're kind of doing their thing in the backyard. But by five o'clock, the guy that I worked with came in and said hey we're i think we're gonna call it a day <laughs> you can see where this is going <laughs> well, we're
0: gonna call it a day
1: we're gonna call it a day we'll come back and finish the rest like they, i don't know they had a test the next day they needed to study and they had something going on that weekend okay. so it would come back monday so i was like okay well like how far did you get <laughs> and he said well we're just finishing this first yard
0: <gasps> It took four hours for one yard. Four
1: hours for one
0: yard. So I'm like... And they have four yards to go through. It's going to take four four yards. Four days. 16 hours.
1: Yeah. At this rate, right? And so, I mean, there's so many things, right? It's like, okay, what the heck am I supposed to do with this? Like, I'm in charge of the labor from this kind of agreement we have between me and my three neighbors. And like, we get one yard done and a promise to come back on Monday to keep at it. Like, that's not a good... That's not going to work, right? We can't just have this drag on forever. And it's not really about the money because we're only paying them $75 a yard. So if it takes them four hours, then that's just the rate that they're paid.
0: All right, so this must be a heck of a berm. Like when I think about spreading pine needles, I don't think it takes that long. Don't you just open the bale and like, get a rake and just sort of spread it out. What, what am I missing?
1: Yeah. So the technique is a little interesting where you can't really use a rake because the rakes tend to bundle them up, but you basically have to open up the bale. And then within the bale, there's eight sections of pine needles, just kind of the way they like fold them and stack them. Uh-huh. It just turns out to be like eight little cubes. And you just kind of shake them with your hand. You look like a cheerleader, sort of. You're just shaking these like pom-pom, pine needle (laughs) things, and they're kind of flying everywhere, right? And you just try to disperse them evenly. But yeah, so, so my wife is great. She's like, she can just handle this kind of stuff and doesn't get like too worked up about the details. So she's like, hey, let's do this. If you guys can stay for like 45 minutes longer, Dan and I will work with you to do this next yard. We'll see if we can get halfway through the whole project, get a whole nother yard done in 45 minutes, and then we'll pay you half, and then we'll go from there, right? Okay. And so we did. We went out there. 30 minutes, we were done, the four of us. And this is about the same size yard, right?
0: So there was two teenagers? Two teenagers. Okay. And two so you doubled the together. workforce on that. Double the okay.
1: workforce. Got it done in 30 minutes, which was really a lifesaver because there was just so much left to do. And... It really helped kind of push forward and and get at least halfway done. So we paid them the $150, which was half, and sent them on their way and said, Thanks, thanks so much for your work. And I kind of had like this competitive desire to like get out there and show them that like we could do this a lot faster, right? Like this is the, the standard is too low here. So I actually went out myself into my neighbor's yard on my side. And he had the biggest yard by far. And I just did his whole yard in like two hours that night. This was like from 630 to 830 at night, just by myself and just laid all these pine needles. And I was by the end, I was like, yes, that is that is real work there. I kind of have a thing there because when I married my wife, I had to do my wife's father is a landscape contractor and he was going to landscape their backyard for our wedding reception. And I tried to help with that. And it was just a disaster. Like after like 30 minutes, I was just totally out of energy and like didn't want to do it anymore. And so I've always felt like I've had to kind of reclaim my manhood by being like, (laughs) I can do I can do yard work. So I get these pine needles laid and then Anna and I laid the rest of them in our yard over the next couple of days. But the kind of awkward piece was with my neighbor next to us because like I just pocketed the money that they gave me right to do the labor because i just did it myself but for some reason i felt weird about that right Mm -hmm. like they gave me the money to pay these teenagers and then their neighbor who's also like an adult and has a real day (laughs) job is like working their landscape on the side and taking the money i don't know it was just awkward so they came over and they were like hey that is like so kind of you to do that i thought you were gonna have some teenagers do it (laughs) and i was just like ah yeah you know how it is sometimes working with teenagers it just like didn't work out but then i felt like too embarrassed to tell them like i kept the money i don't know why like obviously that would be what you would do and they wouldn't have a problem with that but just the whole like money thing it wasn't meant for me but I don't know. It's It was so right. funny. They're
0: like, well, was this just a side hustle for Dan the whole time? This is right, a way right. for this Dan to strategy. get a little... <laughs> I wonder what they thought when they looked out your window and you were and you were spreading the hey, yeah. like, I'm going to get this done, man. Exactly. my
1: I love yard like... work. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing that it's... Oh, my gosh. It was so funny that they, they did. That's exactly how it happened because they came home from work when I was like about halfway through, I assume... And like peeked out their window and I was out there working and that was just like odd. But yeah. then over the next couple of days, we hadn't finished our yard. And so I hadn't like fully cleaned up and stuff. So I had to, I had several times when they were in their backyard and I went back into their backyard to get like gloves <laughs> and the strings that the bales are tied in that were like kind of strewn all over and it was just kind of like, hi, I'm
0: like finishing up my work here. Right. So you didn't have to pay your 75. Right. And you pocketed 75. Yep. So that, so basically.
1: Yeah. So, so then we did, paid, it work? did you have to pay anything. We Yeah, it was, it was pretty minimal. Like we ended up paying, I think about 230 for the bales. We needed a few more bales, but then the net. Result of that was, yeah, like we we paid 150 less than we would have, so it ended so up it being
0: just for your house, not for the whole,
1: just for the bales for our house, yeah, for your
0: house. Wow, yeah, so many bales. Yeah,
1: it was a lot. It was a lot of bales. So in the end, it all worked out good, but it was just one of those things where the you know all the psychology and and social aspects of that like negotiating that transaction was it was a lot for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I like weekly let's just like simplify everything down to one number and don't like have too much worries about all the other stuff.
0: It's interesting because when you're dealing with social group transactions like that, you have two I think paths. We can do the Let's get it all right down down to the penny or whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's let's account for this. Let's figure this out so that da da da. Yeah. or you can do the freeing piece, more freeing, where it's like, let's just all split it, right? Let's yep. not worry about it. We're all friends. Let's all split it. But there's a risk. <laughs> <laughs> there's a risk on that side. <laughs> uh, I remember I went out with a with a group of friends, and we were all having dinner. And we were, uh, me and my wife, were a little a little bit later to the party, so they had already had like a round of drinks, and they were already into dinner. And then we came in a little bit later, had a lighter thing, maybe some dessert. And at the very end, there were so many people. They're like, well, it's so confusing as far as figuring out whose check is whose. And it's almost polite with the waitress or the waiter to say, you know, hey, let's just do one check and everybody just takes out their credit card and and splits it. But, uh, and this is one where I was on the other side of that. I was like, I clearly have less food here, right? Like let's split it. And some of them had some big meals, Yes, but we went along with it. It was fine. I mean, we, the guy had done a favor for me before or whatever that was there and it was all good. But
1: was it like a couple's thing or were there some people that had an individual meal and some
0: people were like had two meals? Everybody was couples. Okay. Okay. Not, not like by design, but that's just the way it happened right, to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah no, I, I mean, it's just, it's funny, like how money I think in general and spending money is a challenging thing to figure out by yourself. It becomes a lot more challenging when you have a partner who you're working with and figuring out spending money. But then when you have a group, it, it's insane. Like... It, it is so hard, you know, to figure out like everybody's got their own different position in life and time of life and how much money they have and how flexible they are and they want to support the whole right and and make it comfortable for people. You don't want to be like, oh, like I can't afford that or no, I don't want to spend money on that. You know, there's like so right. much that goes into it that just becomes a melting pot of, <laughs> of perspectives and situations that's like impossible to untangle.
0: And then you can be on the other side was like. You can't afford this, but I, I saw, this is paying me back, but I saw you spend money on this other thing. Like, what's up? Yeah, like, am I not as important to you <laughs> as this other thing is? Like, yes. oh my God. No.
1: <laughs> what a morass. So you're going to say vacation. This can happen on vacation as well.
0: Well, that's the, I guess when you're in, you're in frequent group, settings and then constantly like trying to figure out who pays for what. And I paid for this or you paid for that. And are we even, mm-hmm. uh, are we not even? And, you know, wait a second, did I just get taken here? You know, if you yeah. can get, if you start getting defensive, you can start to like, say, Hey, I'm getting yeah. taken advantage of here. Or, you know, you could find yourself taking advantage of other people's generosity and not realizing it. So I just think that that, and everyone's on vacation, so it's a good time. Right. And you, so it's like, Oh, well, <laughs> Whatever, and then so um, that's where I just think a lot of those group purchases can, can come in and you just have to have a, I don't know, I don't have a solution to it.
1: I would say to try to avoid situations <laughs> like that, if you can, like sometimes they work out if, if everybody's going in on something to save money and you really want to do it, like the pine needles, we were going to do that anyway, and that turned into be a good thing. But I think in general, like money is quantifiable. And so it's hard or it's easy to feel bad, like have bad feelings because people will end up spending more money or less money. And just like you described, you can feel taken or like you took advantage of somebody or, or it wasn't square. I remember when I was in high school, I had this really close friend, Chris Pitts. He's like this awesome guy. We hung out all the time. And we would frequently, so we, we were, we were skaters. We'd go to the skate park and just be out and around. And we'd frequently go to the grocery store and buy like a sports drink while we were out. And sometimes I'd buy and sometimes he'd buy, but like, it was just this thing we did where like one of us would pay. It wasn't, we wouldn't like buy our own stuff. And after like a month and a half, somehow it came up about like who has bought more for the other person. Yeah. And I thought like, I I was like uh, a grade older than him in school. And I don't know if I had really had more money or not. But I felt like kind of like an older brother. And and I just felt like I I paid more often. And that was like kind of a role that I played. And he was like, No, man, like I always I'm paying way more frequently than you are. (laughs) And to this day, like, I don't know who was right on
0: that, you know, but it's. Did it turn into a real argument or was it more of a lighthearted?
1: No, it was lighthearted for sure. Because, the you know, the dollar amount was so small. But if it was a larger amount, like, I think it could have gone south. And I think you got to be careful in those situations, you know, like it feels good to like pay for somebody. But I think if you're going to pay for someone with something small like that, or even like in your group setting, if you're like up for doing that then you got to be willing to just pay for it outright. And that's like a a gift and it's done when it's done and you're not like expecting it back. Right. I think that just, I think that's where things get kind of uh, can get messed up and get people feeling bad.
0: I'd like to point out the irony that we're talking about group purchases (laughs) during our social distancing (laughs) podcast. (laughs) If you have any group
1: purchases that come up in the near future, Definitely avoid them. I think it's going
0: to be easy <laughs> advice to follow. <laughs> How has your spending changed? Have you stopped spending on something? I think we covered this in our last pod. We talked a little bit about it. Like in our last pod, it was, hey, Disney might get closed down. I mean, it's possible. I think that's what I said. Mm-hmm. And then at, sure, I, it, was, they, it has. It has gotten canceled. So, yeah. Spring break trips. Yeah, our
1: spending has changed significantly. How so? We have very few transactions. And they're mostly for groceries. I mean, that's pretty much it. You know, like we, we don't have much gas because we're only going to the grocery store. We're not driving around every day. We're not eating out. It's just groceries. And, and we've been overspending intentionally a little bit to get stocked up on groceries so that we have food in case. Yeah. Just the for the next few weeks. Lines. I don't know. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. I think if supply goes down or also. Just to reduce the number of visits we have to the grocery store, right? Just buy buy a lot so we don't have to keep going.
0: Just as a FYI, everything that I've heard is, you know, grocery stores are, for anybody who might be listening, gr- grocery stores, are the supply chains are fine. I know they're running out. I've seen people, they were running out of meat or something at one of our hmm. stores. Um, but it's not because they don't have access to meat now. It's because
1: people were probably buying a lot.
0: Right. We're yeah. Like crazy. You know, just like, like me. you said, just like, yeah, those, stocking up.
1: yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How about you? Have you seen, I mean, I'm sure you've seen some impact. What, what impact have you seen on your spending?
0: I haven't been driving. We haven't been driving. So there's that, you know, I haven't been going to work or eating out. So actually, if I probably looked at our spending, I would say it's gone down, but I did buy this thing called a smart ball. So maybe this is like a little section Ooh, of why what you is buy that? a smart yeah. ball. A smart ball is a ball that you can connect to an app on the iPad and it senses uh, it's a basketball. They also have a soccer one, but the one I purchased was a basketball. It senses where the ball's movements are. So you then install the app and it, it uses your camera to watch you dribbling. So a smart ball is basically a tool for to help you improve your dribbling basketball dribbling, you know, hit the ball on the ground and so you try all these different
1: wait is it an actual basketball with sensors yeah i mean it's like yeah. the size of it's a regular basketball, basketball and it bounces like a basketball feels
0: it's just like... like a basketball mm-hmm. and it's yeah it's called it's called dribble up. the there's several brands i think but uh, dribble up is the one that i purchased and uh you know if they would want to sponsor the pod they could just uh, send a check to <laughs> dan's construction <laughs> company no um That's so <laughs> Right. landscaping sorry landscape yeah so that was a an additional purchase not only did we get the ball but also got a new ipad because our ipad was like 10 years old like literally so old it did barely yeah it was so old that it, <laughs> this is a funny story is that it just had this problem where like if you opened it it would start clicking on stuff so if you were playing a game you know, all of a sudden it would like your character would just start going nuts. It was like a ghost (laughs) in the machine. It was like, it would just start doing things like it'd been taken over by a spirit. Oh my God. And that's fine. Everything kind of funny and annoying. Right. And you say, I can't play anymore. You shut it down. (laughs) Well, (laughs) so we, you know, the kids with the, the social distancing, it's good to have them talk to their cousins or whoever through FaceTime. Right. Or something like that. Some video chatting software. So we were trying to get the FaceTime hooked up so that the kids could do a little video chatting. And so we opened FaceTime and and it functions okay for a second. And there's like, there's some random contacts (laughs) that we don't know in there from one of my kids' phones or something. And we're like, okay, well, how do we connect it to the right iCloud account and figuring all that? And then it just starts going crazy. It starts (laughs) to get the ghost of the machine and it starts like dialing people. (laughs) And it's like all of like my daughter's friends and stuff. Like it's like going crazy. Like who is this trying to call me? I'm like, stop, 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 stop. I'm trying to shut it
1: down. Oh my Uh, life. uh,
0: Excuse me. Did you try to call my daughter? No, I didn't. It was, it was the iPad. I I swear. swear. That is so funny. It's really funny when iPads freak out like that, though. So we purchased an iPad and we purchased the, the dribble up ball. So my kids like to play basketball so they could practice. You know, they get a little, some drills in. And so that is a a new kind of purchase. And then so it just so happened that I saw some Hasbro stock and it was up during this down period. And I was like, OK, that makes sense. Everyone's buying games so that they can play them with their families, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. I can I can see that for sure. Well, that's I'm glad you guys are having some good family some good family time. I know I know we are. I think in some ways it's been really healthy for our family because the distractions are decreased. Yes. And we're able to just to there's not even a thought to like go out and do something, right? So it just keeps us mentally and emotionally at home and connected with each other.
0: Yeah. Another thought that I've had, I don't know if have you tried to order stuff off of Amazon during this time?
1: I haven't really, not, not recently.
0: I did something non-essential, tried to get it off of Amazon. I think it was actually a cover for the iPad because it's going to be outside where they're doing these dribbling drills. But anyway, it was like, you know, gotten really used to prime delivery, which is two days and go to order this thing and ends up being, it doesn't arrive until April 21st, which is like a whole month. Like that's, wow. like, that's yeah. a long time. Let me choose another brand another brand same thing april 21st and it's like what is going on with this and then i look it up and sure enough amazon is delaying purchases of non-essential items until april 21st because there's just such a heavy demand on all the essential things so
1: is it demand only or is it a safety thing too like do you think that they're not delivering packages for fear of spreading coronavirus
0: i looked it up and i don't remember them saying anything about that. So I think it's demand
1: because that seems crazy. Like even at Christmas time, which has got to have a higher overall demand.
0: Yes. Yes. This is, I'm glad you brought that up because I also read a couple of weeks ago, Amazon was preparing to treat this coronavirus event, like what they called a seasonal event, but basically Christmas, right? That's what they were doing. So this says to me that this is going to be like Christmas times two for Amazon in terms of their sales, like. They are just going to be raking it in the sales. (laughs) How else can you say it? Like their gross revenues are going to go way up.
1: I guess if you're just cooped up at home, you want to buy stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, there's and they're hiring people. They're hiring people like mad. Well, when you when your only option is so what what are people buying? They're buying food if they can't find it in their grocery stores or paper towels or hand sanitizer. I don't even think it exists on Amazon anymore, but. Mm all of the yeah i think all of that contributes to to it plus people like me buying iPads and games and yeah. can go to the store so all of the retail yeah. all of the oh, groceries and everything is just coming coming to your door yeah apparently you're wiping it down when it gets there yeah opening it with gloves
1: uh-huh no that is interesting and i guess i guess i can see that we haven't had m- many purchases but i guess you would assume that purchases would go up because people are at home all the time now so going to have more stuff shipped to their house
0: what are your power? Your parents doing? Have their lives changed?
1: Not a lot. Dad's working remote, and my mom likes being at home. Anyway, I was talking to my father-in-law, who's the landscape contractor, and he said, "I hope they let me keep working because I'm just out in a field by myself." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, that's if you're supposed to be at home, but like your work is outside, but it's by yourself. Can you still do that? You know, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. It's interesting. Yeah.
0: So one thing about this downturn is scary for a lot of people, but I think sometimes our you know, the only one of the options that you have is to lean into it. Because I remember when I started my first company, it was actually during the dot-com crash where I was working for a couple of different startups and their funding dried up and nobody, there was no, no new funding in this area and I was a programmer, so I got I got laid off and Um, I was like, well, you know what, I want to, I had already been hosting some websites on the side and I was like, well, let me just see what I can do to make this a real business. And I hooked up with my business partner at the time. And that was how we, we first launched that business together and ended up being good. So, so if there's listeners out there that are, that are struggling, um, sometimes these upheavals can be, if you lean into them and take them as opportunities to do what you really enjoy, maybe there's going to be something good on the other side.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great, a great point. I mean, there's so much disruption right now in the market and things will settle and some things will go back to normal, but I think some things are going to change as a result of this long-term.
0: Yeah. What do you think those things
1: are? In a lot of ways, we are so tied into the internet and the way that things operate. But now with every, every tech company, having everyone being remote (laughs) I think that's going to change how tech companies think about having their employees remote, right? I totally. think they're going to think like, hey, this is a viable option. I would assume in a lot of cases, they've, they're figuring it out and they're making it work. And, and they can just take a case study from this time to say, you know, how is it different? I think that food delivery being the only thing that some restaurants are doing you know, those processes are going to change and improve and people are going to be thinking about how can we change this market and, and do better in this way. So that going forward, it's, it's a better option or a cheaper option or, you know, like, for example, one of the things with food delivery that had become an issue is people delivering food, sampling the food that they're delivering, right? what You hadn't heard about that. That was, that's like a thing, right? They did studies and they surveyed people that deliver food and Let's say you're like bringing a bag of McDonald's to somebody and there's like this big giant thing of fries and you just like grab one out of the top and eat it.
0: <laughs> you know? Wait, the Uber this is like the Uber Eats person or the Grubhub yeah, person yeah. is like just taking a taking some yeah, off the top. Taking a bite, taking a little off a little the top. delivery tax.
1: Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's a that's been a problem and I've seen several several of these companies talk about their tamper-proof packaging. Uh, that they've implemented as a result of the COVID-19, but I think there's a carryover effect and people will be more likely to order food if they feel confident knowing that it hasn't been tampered with since it left the restaurant.
0: Yeah. And telemedicine, I imagine this is going to be a watershed moment for that.
1: Totally. Yeah. That's big. People getting help remotely and just making that um, part of our industry and our thought process, right? If you need help, medical help or advice or even therapy, uh, there's options for doing that remotely, which can save on gas and travel and emissions and, you know, increase the safety for, for people that are getting older and not able to, to drive as well. Well, I think there's a lot of changes that'll be long lasting.
0: Do you think we'll come out of this and shake hands less?
1: Oh, that's a good question. I hope so. I don't like really. I think shaking hands is not great. Like in general for health reasons. I do think it's like a good social custom and that there's like some physical contact that maybe it's just psychological or I just think it's a thing in my mind. But I like, you know, physically there's some connection between people. Yeah. But I I do think I would I would love to just put my hands together over my heart and bow to someone (laughs) (laughs) when I saw them. It's really good to see you, and not have like the handshaking. What do you think?
0: Uh, yeah, I, I don't they do that in J- in Japan. Isn't that yeah, the Japanese custom? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I go both ways. I, I think meaning it may be like in six months we just you know go back exactly the way we were if if everything clears up. But if the COVID nineteen thing is not like squashed and instead continues to pop up regionally then you know yeah i think that we may start to get in the habit of just not shaking hands um at least for a long time you know a number of years
1: there's probably gonna have to be some kind of replacement gesture that we latch onto instead so it's not just like an awkward dance uh-huh And i I, I don't know what that is like maybe it's like the fist bump or i mean some people are doing like elbow bumps that are really like weirded (laughs) out i i I think (laughs) that's not going to (laughs) stick. It's just too awkward.
0: Do you remember like when fist bumps became a thing? Like, uh, I remember when I first saw someone doing fist bumps, I think it came from athletes. We're really getting off topic now, but, and I saw some athletes doing it and I was like, that looks like it hurts. Like, why would you do that? (laughs) Right. But now it's very common. Yeah. And now the thing that I see sometimes or used to see when they were playing games is the, where you take your arm and you kind of latch it on like a, like a hook. And so you got two, el- mm-hmm. two elbows like doing this. Mm-hmm. And so I see that and I was like, you know, <laughs> that could hurt. <laughs> like you <laughs> could get your arm tangled up and you know, what's going on with that. But maybe we'll do that now after the COVID thing. Yeah. Maybe. Like, so. like, oh, let's like do the inside of our elbows <laughs> and rub them together.
1: <laughs> oh, Although
0: that's where you sneeze all the time. So, you know,
1: Ooh, good I, point. Good point. Yeah. Cross that one off the list.
0: (laughs) Well, any parting thoughts?
1: I don't think so. I feel like if we were to say the same thing every other company is saying, stay home and stay safe. Right? That's what everybody's saying. So, that's good. Stay home. Enjoy your time with your family. If you don't got family at home, use FaceTime, Google Meet, whatever. Socialize. Distantly. Distantly. We wish you the best
0: yeah, I
1: need and I want that bad. Come show me you got that class. She's smart and she got my
0: bad knows I need me a girl like that. Everything I want for real. It's been a minute since I've had that, and she's my type of girl, and everybody knows it.